1: To connect with community Waikato on free FM eighty nine point zero, I'm Holly Snape. I'm here with Tony Stevens today. Hey, Tony.
0: Kia ora, Holly. Nice You're, to be here. Oh, it's
1: great to see you again, uh, Tony from uh, Young Workers Resource Centre, joining us today to talk a little bit about um, what's happening for our young workers. What are some of the key themes that you guys have been seeing? So I appreciate you coming in. So yeah, I was keen to sort of start a conversation today, first of all, reflecting back on what sort of things you guys have seen, and then finishing off um, looking forward and looking at what you guys are going to be doing as an organisation um, over the next year. Yeah. Is that cool? That
0: sounds fantastic.
1: Yeah. Fabulous. All right, so let's let's start looking back. Do you think the experience for our young people in the workforce has been different um, than perhaps other people in the workforce over the last eighteen months.
0: Absolutely, and I think you you alluded to it already when you said young people bear the brunt of any kind of change or you know particularly an economic shock. It was the same in the you know the, the financial crisis. The impacts were disproportionately felt for young workers, and it's the same for COVID nineteen in New Zealand and across the world, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know you you've got. Young people are sort of the last person on the ship and the first person to be forced off o- mm. over the plank. Um, so, we've definitely seen young people experience more dismissals, redundancies, uh, and a lot of that does connect to the casualisation of the youth, youth workforce. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's COVID's really actually shone a, a light on the extent to which casual employment arrangements are utilised by employers, particularly small to medium enterprises uh, so yeah, and a lot of the time those casuals were were the first to be let go as well yeah. you know like um, yeah it's that it's, there's no obligation for the employer to support them to stay in the job mm. and, and so that they'd be let go because it's just easier to, to do that you know um, you, th- there was no support really from from government um, to retain casual employees
1: so um because i haven't looked a lot obviously at the legislation around this, so for permanent employees losing their jobs, there've actually been quite a lot of initiatives that government have taken to um, support them, including a benefit that's quite separate from the unemployment benefit. Does that mean that casual staff didn't weren't able to access those same supports?
0: Yeah, it does because uh, casual people they don't have to be told. Are, are the of reason course. why yeah. they're being let go the, the the employer can simply say and has simply said in many circumstances that we just don't have any work for you work. so there's no there's yeah. no real COVID reflection of the reason there's no work for them
1: yeah that is really interesting um and you can see how difficult it makes it for a young person you know or, or anybody on a, on a casual contract which I am assuming. Um, some of our younger people are disproportionately represented in that group of employees.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they are in those industries that that really like using casual agreements. They, you know, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but they're, they're in the kind of cowboy industries that are not really known for um, being strong, being yeah. that good on their employer <laughs> yeah. obligations. Um, you know, transient industries that that young people kind of go in and out of um you know your retails and your your hospitality those sorts of industries that they mm. utilize that that type of employment arrangement quite a lot so uh and, and there's actually i don't have statistics on hand yeah. but there's a there, are, there is research there's plenty of evidence that shows that young people are disproportionately in casualized labor yeah uh, and disproportionately working in those in those industries that that i mentioned as well yeah
1: so I can imagine that, um, yeah, that would be particularly difficult, plus finding new employment um, yeah, it's tricky. at the moment. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah I had a, a, a case um, where a, you know, a young man working as a builder, um, he was let go um, from his job and, and the boss said it was due to COVID. And so he was made redundant. Um, and he was very close to completing his apprenticeship. Oh. So he was only about maybe less than six months away from from fin- finishing his apprenticeship, which is a huge milestone in your career, if that's the career path you've you've chosen.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and so yeah, he was let go. That was done. There, there was a whole lot of issues with how it was done and procedurally, which is why we got involved and we challenged yeah. it, and we were able to get some sort of successful outcome um, in terms of compensation for, for the young man. It took a long time, mm. Mm. Um, but. But i guess the the reason I'm raising it is that he didn't get another job um that would support the continuation, continuation of his apprenticeship for eight months, wow. so it really stunted his growth Yes, um, and, and
1: his confidence I bet like that would have been devastating
0: yeah absolutely and and it's all these kind of extra kind of um issues with in terms of disengagement from the labor market that that we yeah. may not be talking about alongside those obvious things like redundancies and yeah. um, casual employment and that sort of thing as well. so
1: I would also imagine, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, um, that a lot of the employment agreements that our youth workers are on don't necessarily have strong redundancy clauses.
0: No, and we don't have a strong redundancy
1: legislation, kind of legislation <laughs> yeah.
0: framework in New Zealand or even yeah. a culture of it. You're only really going to find that in, in or, or redundancy compensation you're only going to see that in a a collective employment agreement really where it's been negotiated by by unions
1: either Um, that or or a highly paid individual they seem to have the they seem to have them in theirs as well So all the people that yeah
0: yes there has been some talk uh just talk from from government that they were looking at um you know mandatory redundancy payouts um in the wake of covid Mm. but i don't to my knowledge there hasn 't been anything legislated or mm. anything on the books
1: i haven 't seen anything like that progress either but it 's certainly an interesting concept isn 't it and I think the point you make though is really important there too, and probably we glossed over it a little quickly but but that those with collective agreements will often have a redundancy clause, and it just shows the importance of if you 're in an industry and often you know those casualized workers are in those industries where um where a collective agreement could actually be hugely beneficial.
0: Yeah, and and I kinda have some hope that the fair pay agreements when they come in will be a really powerful mechanism to uh provide some rights to to these workers that are not traditionally covered by by mm-hmm. unions or, you know, in those in those industries. Um where it 's it 's really hard to get in and get a collective agreement, if you think about hospitality there 's a whole bunch of small businesses all over the place. think about, yeah. think about dairy farming um, you know there 's a farm they 're just isolated they 're everywhere yeah. um, very hard to actually kind of gather those employees together and and, and establish um, a unified presence um, a fair pay, fair pay agreement could theoretically come in and um, provide mm. some industry wide coverage and then chuck some redundancy in there lift the pay rates up it's, it's an opportunity
1: yeah yeah absolutely but i imagine in the wake of covid there will be a lot of employers pushing back on anything like that as well saying that the, the industries have taken a really hard hit and can't afford to increase wages or pay redundancies or
0: yeah but they won't have a choice if there's a groundswell if there's a critical threshold of of workers um, I think the fifteen percent or, or whatever mm-hmm. that are that are demanding it. The real challenge is really organizing the workers to do that. Yes. Once that's done, um, the employers have to um engage in that process. Yeah. But it's just yeah it's, it's actually the do, yeah how, how, how building s-
1: that momentum and that critical mass
0: yeah, and, and where is there enough organizing resources to do that because mm. you know, the, at the moment those workers don't really have the mechanisms or even the understanding to, to collectivize yeah effectively.
1: and I imagine that um, again disproportionately impacts young people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It all I mean, comes down to it, eh? Like. I mean, those, those industries that don't have that that coverage are the ones where young workers are are found yeah. in the most. Yeah, yeah. And I think if we if those industries were covered more, or there was a bit more of a um, collective response, we would probably see less casual agreements, and mm. um, or you'd, there'd be there'd be better. One of the big problems is, is with the casual um, agreements. Is they're very often they don't meet the test of what a a true casual relationship would be but the ability to actually enforce it or or make an argument that you you are in fact a permanent employee is really really limited it's really difficult to run that argument Um,
1: so what what would um what would qualify a position to be a casual role
0: um, i mean it 's a fairly simple equation it 's just like let 's look back over the regularity and the consistency of your hours over a period of time mm. and and but the period of time is not defined in legislation and and that 's again one of the issues with casual agreements is are they are, they are not defined in the legi- legislation whatsoever they're not even there 's no reference oh. to it in the in the law um, I guess I think the any any kind of legal Underpinning behind them is is through case law I believe um, it but, feels
1: like a, a gaping hole, doesn't it
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> and that that is some of the the, the that's one thing that we're kind of on on to the legislators about quite quite often is that you know let's actually define this, then yeah. we can start to deal with it so, um,
1: so do you think that's the biggest issue facing um our young people at the moment in, employee, in employment is um the casualized nature of the work is that would you say that's this the biggest sort of theme you see an issue
0: it's one of them uh and maybe it's it's definitely one of the biggest ones in terms of um where the legislation sits and in matters of employment relations exploitation but there's a whole lot of other issues uh that that you could say were were equally as large in terms of Um, having pathways into employment you know like education Mm. to employment pathways there's a huge gap there.
1: I was just thinking actually as you were saying that then again COVID's um, made that even more difficult hasn't it for young people over the last 18 months who have been you know getting to the end of their schooling Um, but the the workforce just looks so different at the moment so where, where are those entry points at the moment for young people?
0: Well there are actually I mean in some ways, it is a, a workers' market at the moment because we don't have all the the migrant labour available for employers to plug their gaps and drive down wages. Yeah. Um, so th- there are a few there there are a few more jobs available out there, but that doesn't necessarily mean those are jobs that gonna that are going to beget a meaningful career pathway. So yeah. one of the one of the huge issues for young workers is they get um, they they are more likely to be boxed into a dead end job that that has low pay low conditions it's precarious. Where does it go to next? What does it mm. lead to uh, and and the education framework is not as good as it could be at at actually um, getting getting young people into jobs and and career pathways that will be meaningful to them that will give them profession ongoing professional development opportunities and mm. and, and good pay um, so yeah, getting stuck in these jobs that just don't don't go anywhere and and where employers are not prioritising, developing the workers, investing in the workers, and and acknowledging their contribution to lift young workers mm. up, um, so yep. that that's a, that's one of the bigger problems as well. Yeah. So
1: it feels like a bit of a one-way relationship at the moment.
0: Yeah, I just don't. There hasn't really been, and this is this goes back a long a long way. I don't. There hasn't. There's not really this cultural acknowledgement from. Employers that they have a, a you know a duty a, a, as a as a as a participating entity in the community mm. to support young people into employment they want young people to be work ready mm. you know mm. straight out of school or or, or mm. tertiary or wherever they they want you should be ready to go yeah. um, there's not an acknowledgement that we need to actually give you the stepping stones and when you get care. here, yeah, yeah, there's some there's some support and guidance mentorship once you get in the job because it's a very jarring transition mm. going from education into employment. They they're radically different environments we're not preparing um young people enough uh in the precursor environments to to employment yeah. as well. So
1: yeah, lots of challenges, eh?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a few. Yeah, there's a few. But there are some. There are some avenues where uh, there are initiatives and people working in the space. Um, there are some fantastic things that people in this region are doing um, through the Waikato plan, and there's various other um, things going on. But they are they need to be scaled up, and they need to yep. be, yeah, they, they basically need to be scaled up and needs to have a bit more resourcing and support behind them
1: but it also sounds like that needs there also needs to be a cultural shift in the way you know businesses perceive yeah. their employees absolutely generally. absolutely,
0: yeah. and that's kind of touching on ideological territory um, <laughs> but I do you know I am heartened by I do work with some employers and some um, industry heads and they do acknowledge these issues and they listen mm. to, to these issues. Um, so that kind of gives me some hope, and you know, I think we need to have some some people working um, in industry that can put their hand up and and say, "Yep, these are problems," mm. and because otherwise the culture is not going to change. It's got to no. it's got to start up there, um, and then whenever we do find an employer that that is actually making taking efforts to make themselves youth ready. You're not just expecting oh, love young people that. to be
1: work-ready. Yeah, that's, um, that's a really yeah. interesting um, concept, turning it around like that and yeah. talking about youth-ready organisations. Yeah. yeah, Because the way that you think as well and work is quite different. Um, and we've heard criticism of that previously as well. Um, yeah. Yet I know from our sector perspective, for example, we're often looking for that youth... Perspective and input because it is such a different way of thinking and, and of course youth are a big market as well for, um, for a lot of businesses so if you can align your thinking and values better with a young um, demographic then it can only be good for business as well you would think
0: you would think yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no that's absolutely right and uh, so I mean whenever we do find em- em- employers that are that are um, taking steps to be youth ready and are acknowledging those things they should be celebrated as well so that that we can help build that that culture and um, turn that around
1: absolutely so let's talk a little bit about the future then so you, you guys have been busy working obviously um you wouldn't have done as many i wouldn't think um sessions in schools seeing as
0: yeah that's 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 right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a big part of our work, is, as you, as you're alluding to, is, is educating young people in schools and education centres on on employment relations, on what their rights are, how they can navigate employment yeah. challenges um, effectively. And and schools have been shut down. So,
1: have you found other ways to try and get that messaging through?
0: Uh, I mean, yes and no. Uh, we uh, it's kind of COVID's kind of been a kick in the bum for us to really. Take a serious look at 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 our digital presence and and how we can actually create education opportunities online Mm. or develop online programs because it's not something it's not been a strength of ours um, historically. So that's we yeah we've kind of been caught with our pants down a little bit around that. But it's it's something we're actively working on currently. Working on developing digital workshops that, in the event that we can't reach schools or or even that we can, you know, we can um, present those to schools. That are in different regions where we don't have access mm. physically mm. Uh, you know it'll be an advantage that way but it's not something that we kind of had ready to go when we came into yeah. into the lockdown so now we we did definitely we weren't able to um, get in front of as many young people as we wanted to with our education which was a bit of a shame but
1: so if we're looking forward um next year i mean hopefully there'll be more stability anyway with um moving towards a traffic light system for um for schools remaining open, so I'm sure mm-hmm. that that will be helpful to a degree. But have you got other plans and thoughts for what 2022 looks like for you guys?
0: Yeah, well, we've, our team's grown quite a bit. Yeah. We, we were able to, um, you know, bring on some more staff to do more advocacy and and more representation around a lot of these issues we've spoken about already with with workers impacted by COVID and dismissals and casual agreements and. Mm. Contracts and
1: all that day, kind of stuff. Ninety-day
0: Do you do a few of them? No, that they, they they have really sort of died off. Actually, interesting. Yeah, they we've we've seen one or two this year, but uh, they they definitely not as prevalent as they used to be. Um, so and
1: maybe people are more casualized than yeah. I mean, and
0: and and that's there is always loopholes, and yeah. and that's a way around it. That is a way around it for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah that, that that I didn't actually consider that that, that maybe we've seen a. A rise in casual agreements in mm-hmm. response to... Because employers want that flexibility, right? Yeah. So if they can't have it with 90-day trials, then maybe they can have it with casual agreements. Yeah. And and there's very little avenues for enforcement and redress, so they're not too worried about the consequences. Yeah. The disincentives aren't really there. Yeah. Yep. Um,
1: goes to show the, the importance of having legislation, proper legislation in place to... To ensure that those people in those casualised roles are actually working a casual job.
0: That's what that's what yeah. we want. That's yeah. what we want. Yeah, that's what that's what we're do um, we want it? agitated for. <laughs> <laughs> right now, yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But so we we have um, really enhanced our ability to provide that support to more and more young workers um so next year really a lot of it's about consolidation because you know uh, you know community organizations um growth is difficult to achieve Mm -hmm. and it can be difficult to hold on to yeah so for me i I really want us to have a good hard look at this year what we did well what we didn't Mm. and um and, and really try and iron some of those things out and and and, and embed these changes that we've made. Yeah. Um, but but there's certainly some new projects that that we're looking at embarking on as well. We want to have a more meaningful presence in schools by um, developing students at the schools to be ambassadors for our organisation mm. that could also participate and You know, if you think about the old sort of peer mediator kind of approach, yeah. um, where we, we've got someone who's a representative for us, but they're a student or you could even liken it to a union delegate type system, mm. so they can support their fellow students around employment issues. They can also be that kind of gateway back to our organisation. Yeah. So just trying to strengthen those links in schools, and it's not just this more extractive. We're just we're just there for a workshop, and then you never hear from us again. Yeah. Um, that's that's something we're we're looking into. Um, which could be quite cool. Yeah,
1: that yeah. that could be really exciting. Um, and you're looking at developing more of an online presence, you said as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So um, my colleagues are, are hard at work uh, designing and and um, mapping out how we can effectively deliver online education, um, and just exploring all the technology that, that's yep. available. Um, yeah, it changes
1: so quickly. Hey, that's that's the hard part. You can yeah. get on one platform and suddenly find um, you've got youth flight from that <laughs> platform, and they've all gone somewhere else. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, Facebook's a prime example. It's not really a youth platform for connection no, anymore.
0: It's not. It's gone. And I think
1: yeah. Instagrams. You know, people have moved on from there as well. And
0: oh, I can't keep up either. Yeah. Either Holly, i um, yeah. My, it's, it's all TikTok these days. Well,
1: I think they're moving on from TikTok too. See, I've found it now. So oh, <laughs> it means, no. you know? oh, she's here. Yeah, let's go, <laughs> let's go, guys. Um, I've got a great algorithm as well, um, which is fantastic. It's very rare you end up in a, in a great algorithm space <laughs> where everything is just um, exciting and interesting. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I suppose that's some of the risk with our young people and, and also a risk for an organisation wanting to use a platform to reach new people is how do you get in a place that um triggers their algorithm and and means you pop up for them
0: yeah that's a whole um like technological learning curve uh you almost have to have a a phd in, yeah. in understanding those mechanics yeah um or you need to hire someone specifically to be working in that space yeah and yeah, that, that's that's tough to kind of find the resources to to do that well. Because and and as you pointed out, that that is constantly shifting. It's a yeah. very fast fast paced Oh, that's uh, right. Six
1: months, it'll be something new. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And you've got to you've got to keep on top of it if you want to stay relevant in those, in those spaces anyway. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. um But so so you're looking at that um, more connected more um i want to say authentic but i don't mean that as in you weren't authentic before but Mm. but those deeper relationships with the schools um their online presence what about the advocacy space what is what is your sort of vision for 2022
0: well we we've launched this help center which is really just um the work that we've been doing for years but on steroids and and with the bells and whistles and and all that you know proper processes but but the idea is for it to not just be a waikato service it's it's, mm. it's a nationwide service so we actually do get uh, uh qu- queries from all over new zealand the vast majority of them are here local but um we have said to aotearoa that we want we want yeah. you to come to us from anywhere it doesn't matter um but so, so it's a really it's really about raising awareness uh Around New Zealand that, mm. that that exists, so there's a lot, a lot of work to do there. But then, if you do too good a job at that, then yeah, then you could. It's you a know.
1: balancing act, day. Eh? Yeah, like you yeah. need the resources to be able to meet any growth and need, eh? Yeah,
0: yeah. and if we so if our if our um, I think we've we've. Had about one hundred and seventy odd um, cases this year, so if it was to get significantly more than that, we would not be able to cope with the you know the, the capacity we have at the moment so one of our projects is to build a collective of, of volunteer advocates around the country, mm. so pulling people in from various areas that have experience advocating for people mm. and who are passionate about the rights of young workers, mm. bringing them together into a into a you know a collective of volunteers that can support the work we do um that we can go oh you're in the manawatu we don't have anyone there but we have this case um would you be able to support this young worker yeah. and, it's a, and, a, and, a, and it's a pro bono yeah. um, commitment so because you know for us it's really important that this service is free and has no barriers to yeah. justice yeah so
1: yeah it's already challenging isn't it um as a young person to reach out for help let alone Put a barrier in well, place. Well, if you're a,
0: if you've just been fired from your job, yeah, you're uh, pretty,
1: pretty vulnerable. Eh? You
0: were probably close to the minimum wage. Yeah, as an earner, anyway, you're not going to have a lot of money for legal services. No. So,
1: no, no, uh, it's a very good point. So it's great it's great to see that you're doing so many things, and i and, and I know that young workers have wanted to um to extend to a nationwide sort of space for a long time. So it's great to see it's actually really getting some momentum. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah and we do awesome. actually have a staff member in Auckland an educator yep. based in auckland as well and that, so that was a new thing that that happened this year so slowly slowly taking over yeah yeah uh,
1: so twenty twenty two is actually looking really promising and and yeah. and the key is um, for you know people listening is if you do have a young person who 's you know in a role um, or had problems with a role might have recently left and you just want a little bit of information or advice there is a great organization out there willing and able to provide a free service around some of that information potentially some advocacy if, if it needs to be a conversation with an employer you guys sort of do it all really eh?
0: we do it all yeah so we want to hear about any employment issue um that, that you're having mm. uh if that's just someone if you just need to have someone look at your contract or if you have just been sacked and, and you thought it was suspect yeah. and you need someone um to you know actually help you write a, a complaint or um call your employer and and try to get your pay slips back to you or if you you know you want to take things further and you know run a personal grievance or anything like that if you, you just don't you feel that you've been trodden on and you don't really can't put your finger on it um, yeah. we can help you work out if you have or you haven't and, and what your and, avenues are
1: and how will they get in touch
0: uh, the best thing would be to go to our website, which is ywrc.org.nz. I would rattle off the 800 number, but I can never remember it off that's by heart. fine. But all or, of that information is on the website.
1: Google Young Workers Resource Centre and, and we'll you'll come up. up. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. Thank you, Tony. Yep. That's that's us. We're at the end of our show.
0: Thanks very and much. Was appreciate. was a
1: pleasure. Yeah, well, we'll get you back again. Great. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <and forth. laughs> that's us for another week. You have been listening to Connect with Community Waikato, free FM 89.0.